Are you ready to go the distance? Go the When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan! Right now, plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money, and today we're going to talk about long-term care, the not fun topic, but it needs to be discussed, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to discuss it. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gills. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Eels. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark is a certified financial planner. He is a fiduciary, independent, been helping folks for more than 30 years. EFS Wealth Management is where you find him. His website is EFS, the number four, the letter U.com, EFS for U.com. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Oh, not too much. You know, um, thought, I thought I'd talk about a fun topic today. Well, it's you kind know, of that's... the elephant in the room, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> we just we just ignore it. Well, you know, it's like, you know, who wants to talk about death and taxes, right? Well, true. You know, well, we do a and lot. The worst, but... And the worst part is not dying. And, and uh, you know, everybody, you know, doesn't want to discuss what could happen. Um, you know, they kind of joke about it. Oh, I'm just going to die before I get there. And, you know, the part of it is, is you might not even know you're there. Um, you know, that's the scary part. And that's what everybody, I think, is scared of, right, is not necessarily getting older, you know, with aches and pains, but getting older and not knowing um, your kids anymore or who you are or right. your spouse. And, uh, you know, I had my my uh, grandma um, was in the nursing home for just over 10 years and so had Alzheimer's. And so I can relate to that um, very well in my my grandfather, who he and I were very close, um, he and I celebrated the same birthday for uh, 47 years. And so he was a saint of a man. He, um, he visited my grandmother um, almost every day, except when he couldn't go because of weather. But he was there almost every day for 10 years. Um, and, and whether she knew him or not, I mean, he would feed her, he'd read to her. 
you know, he was just, it was just unbelievable, but sad. Very sad. Yeah. Well, 10 years, that's a long time, but that's typical of an Alzheimer's patient, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with them physically. It's just the rest of it's bad. Yeah. I mean, the statistics are so, um, you know, the statistics are so glaring and so obvious, you know, that people um, don't want to even pay attention to it because the likelihood that that's where we are going to end up is pretty significant. Um, you know, 60 plus percent is like 60, you know, two, two thirds of us, let's say, are going to spend some time in a long-term care facility. Jeez. And almost all of us, I would guess, unless we drop over dead, are going to need some kind of, of home health care uh, and that type of thing. Because the diseases that used to kill us in the past, um, you know, now just extend you know they found ways to medicate us and and you know extend our left extend our life you know whether it's good bad or indifferent i i really don't know um but uh you know the the point is you know we're going to talk about what my experience has been uh in doing this for over 30 years um sitting on all sides of you know all sides of the table so hopefully you'll you'll get some things from this, um, you know, personal life experience, um, professional experience in dealing with families and clients um, that you know have loved ones that are um, that were in the were in long term care or needed home health care or currently are in the nursing home. I think right now we have oh I don't know probably a half a dozen. Clients, I was, I would guess, that are in um, some type of care facility. Here's what I tell people, um, you know, if and, and these are the metrics, you know. So this is what you hear. This is what you may read. You know, if you're very rich, you don't need long-term care insurance because you can afford to pay for it, right? Of course, yes. Um, but again, rich is a relative term, so you know, define what rich is. Um, and if you're very poor, you don't need long-term care insurance because, you know, number one, you don't want to pay for something that you can't afford, and number two, you know, you're you're you just, <clears throat> you're going to get you're going to get state help, um, you know, government aid, um, you know, but you'll run out of money. But you know, you, you know, so let's let's talk about some examples. So yeah, sure. So I saw so, so over the years, I've you know. Hundreds and hundreds of people done the reviews, looked at long-term care policies and so forth. So I'll give you an example of someone that really shouldn't have had it. So she was, I don't know, she probably had a couple hundred thousand dollars of assets, single lady, um, but she was paying like $3,000 a year for a long-term care insurance policy. How much? 3000 Wow. Okay. You know, a little bit over that probably. And my point to, to her was... Um, you know, and, you know, she, she was having to budget and that type of thing. And my point to her was take the $3,000, go to Florida every year or Arizona or somewhere and enjoy life. Don't spend $3,000 on long-term care insurance to try to protect what little bit of assets that were there. Um, and it probably wasn't enough to protect the assets anyway, because she would end up probably still spending those assets down if she ended up in a long-term care facility for a decade anyway. 
so there's an example of somebody that shouldn't have had it. Um, and, and there are questionnaires and so forth when you fill out a long-term care insurance application um, because as a holistic planning firm, that's one of the things that we do is we offer long-term care solutions to our clients, traditional policies, hybrid policies, uh, and so forth, uh, and have and have done that for 30 years. So I would classify myself as an expert in the long-term care insurance field, not only from a product protection planning standpoint, but also from an experience standpoint. And so on the flip side, what what do you determine as as wealthy is, you know, and, and what amount of money should you consider protecting from, um, you know, spending it down to zero? Um, well, is 600,000 a lot? Is it a million? And I would say, you know, depending upon um, again, the situation, because you have to look at the situation, you know, if one of the two of the people ends up in a long-term care facility, what's going to happen to the surviving spouse? You know, if you're a veteran, you know, there's, there's, you know, long-term care facilities that, you know, are almost fully subsidized for people who are veterans. So maybe the veteran in the family doesn't need long-term care insurance, but the spouse might, um, you know, and I would say that, you know, you know, middle middle income of considering protecting money to protect the spouse is probably um, probably somewhere between six hundred thousand and one and a half million. Um, but above that, now you're talking about not just protecting the spouse, but now you're looking at considerations for protecting estate value to pass on for the kids. And so, what is that number? Is it you know maybe up to two and a half million? Um, and then anything above two and a half million dollars, depending upon what, you, what, where you live, um, and so forth, um, you can probably afford to pay out of your net worth. Um, yeah, you might end up paying a million dollars, um, for long-term care costs, but it still isn't going to affect the surviving spouse, isn't going to affect standard of living. And that's really the key for most of the most of the decisions. Now, here's what I here's what I will tell you though. So, because we deal with a lot of wealthy people. And so they basically say that exact same thing. And so I'll, I'll use the I'll use the story that I had with my brother. So, and uh so we had a conversation and he said, "Mark, I remember you telling me that when I turned 55, I should really be looking at getting some kind of long-term care insurance. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's right, because it gets expensiver the older you get. And from 55 to 60, the cost of it goes up by about 50% because it's based upon your age when you apply for the insurance. And so he says, well, you know, tell me again why I would, why I want to have it because, um, you know, he had enough money um, that he could self-insure and, you know, they inherited some money, he sold his business, still had good income, you know, still accumulating money for retirement. And I said, you know, you're right. You could pay for it. Um, but I said, do you really want to pay a million dollars? I said, well, I really don't want to pay six, seven thousand, eight thousand dollars a year to cover long-term care expenses in the future because I might not ever use it. 
that's what I hear all the time. Of course. I might not ever use it, um, which is kind of crazy, you know, and so, um, you know, you have insurance on your house. You know, why do you have insurance on your house? Because if your house doesn't burn down, you might not ever use your insurance, right? Sure. So isn't it for, you know, the peace of mind? I mean, isn't that why you have insurance in your house, Steve? Well, of course, and that, and it's required. <laughs> well, I suppose if you have a mortgage, yeah. but let's say you didn't have a mortgage, and now you could choose. Um, well, no, I know. would still insure it because I, because what if? Well, what if you had, you know, what what if you had millions of dollars, and if your house burned down, you know, so what? You just build a new one. I don't think I like that idea. I'd rather have insurance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's mo what most people would say. Yeah, I mean, it's prudent, right? Yes. I mean, but you don't want to over-insure either. Um, and so I see that, too. So I see people that, you know, they're spending a lot of money on long-term care insurance, and they, they really have too much. Um, and that's mainly because of a symptom of the product itself. And so what you have to understand is that the more premium and the more money that gets invested into a long-term care product, the bigger the commission the individual is getting uh, for putting you into that particular product, whether it's a traditional long-term care or a hybrid or life insurance policy or whatever it is, it has some type of long-term care benefit on it. The bigger the premium, the bigger the commission. And so the person who's selling it is incentivized to to get you to pay as much money as you possibly can um, because that just gives them a bigger paycheck and you know so here's here's what I think you never want to fully insure anything right so I mean your house isn't fully insured because you have a deductible you know for wind yep. damage or whatever flood you know you know your cars you know they have a deductible on it your health insurance has a deductible on it um, because insurance is designed to protect against a catastrophic loss, not every little nickel and dime expense. Insurance is designed to protect you against a catastrophic loss that you could not recover from. That is what the definition of insurance is. And so don't overinsure. So if, if long-term care costs about $90,000 a year, you know, so that's seventy five hundred dollars a month. Well, maybe you want to insure four to five thousand of that seventy five hundred dollars because you have assets. You can afford to pay some down in your assets. You know, you're not going to be going out to eat. You know, you're going to get three meals a day. You know, shelter, et cetera, et cetera. If you're in a care facility, so right. your expenses are going to be less on one side because they're taking for they're taking care of on the other side. So you have to realize that you don't need to pay into insurance that's going to cover 100% of it. And so back to my brother. So here's yeah. the story with my brother, you know, and I said, you know, here's here's what the scoop is and here's what I know. I said, yes, you could self-insure, but that's not the reason to buy long-term care insurance if you're wealthy. Of course, if you want to not spend a million dollars for care and want to insure it, that's another reason. But there's a bigger reason for wealthy people to have long-term care insurance and it's and it's for this reason, because we're all human people and we're driven by emotion. And so now you got my brother and his wife and and I said, let's let's make you sick, you know, and I said, your wife is going to be like, you know what, you know, 
I want to take care of you. That's what, you know, you know, till death do us part in sickness and in health, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I, I would add something to that marriage vow in sickness and in health till death do us part. Unless we have long-term care insurance, then in the home you go. <laughs> in the home but, you go. But but in reality, what happens is, and you guys have all probably seen this uh, at some point with somebody that you know, is that the spouse at home tries to take care of the other spouse to the detriment of themselves. And that's not what what any of us would want our spouse to do, is not is to basically stop living their life because of something that, that happened to us. And so if there's long-term care insurance, that's a pact between the two of you. And a lot of times the spouse at home will say, well, like, Jesus, you see how much it costs? You know, I can take care of, of you know, my spouse at home. You know, I don't want to spend money because what if I, you know, I, that, that's my money. I'm going to need it. Um, but if there's a long-term care insurance, you know, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't worry about spending the insurance company's money, right? Right. Yeah. If the insurance company is paying for it, we're not worried about it because it's not our money. And so a lot of times then that, that spouse will put the other spouse in the facility. They'll probably care for them longer at home than what they should have cared for because that's just what I've seen. Even when there is insurance there, um, it'll usually maybe come down to the kids, you know, having to encourage mom or dad to put the other one in a long-term care facility because they can see how much it's struggling for them and they really can't do it. And it's better for all parties when that happens. But if there's insurance there, that decision is really easy. But the real, the real thing that I've seen is the next part where, all right, my brother's passed away and now, and now mom is just left yet, his, his wife. Mm-hmm. And so maybe she's got partial dementia, you know, she's in her 80s, living at home yet, um, and now it's the kids, and the kids, you know, start <clears throat> are talking, and they're, oh, no, mom's okay, and, you know, the neighbor can check on her, and she's still getting by. Yeah, we got to pick her up and take her to see the doctor, but, you know, she's, she's, she's doing well. Um, and, and geez, did you see how much it would cost if we put her into a long-term care facility? I mean, that's expensive. So here's what happens, not in every case, but I would say, Steve, in a majority of the cases, is the kids now look at the money that they would spend on long-term care, not as mom and dad's money anymore. It's their money. <laughs> yes, exactly. I get and, it. Yep. But... If there is a long-term care policy in place, mom is is going to a care facility in a heartbeat because the kids are going to say, you know, mom really needs to be in a home. And besides, they have insurance. So why wouldn't we want to put her somewhere where she's going to be better taken care of? She's going to have better quality of life, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the insurance policy will pay for everything. Um, and it's actually going to give us more money um, than what she would have if she stayed at home. Right. Absolutely. And so that is the reason why a lot of the discussions that we have is not about money. It's about decisions and decisions that are made based upon who's paying for that long-term home health care, assisted living, whatever it is, cost. 
And, and when, when, when I bring that discussion up with people, they usually have a personal um, example or they know of something similar to that that they have experienced. And then they're like, yeah, what, well, let's take a look at what we can do to get at least some kind of coverage. And again, you don't have to fully insure. You don't have to spend an arm and a leg for insurance. But if there's any insurance there... You know, it's a little bit. It's going to make that decision for everybody down the road easier. And so that's when working with somebody who is a fiduciary, you know, somebody's going to make a decision not about the amount of commission that they earn, but about the right kind of insurance that you should be purchasing. And we are independent insurance people, meaning that we have access to Every single, well, not about every single, because there's maybe some captive insurance companies out there that you have to be a captive insurance agent. But all the major ones, sure. you know, that offer long-term care, all the hybrid companies that offer long-term care. And and I always tell people, you know, they ask me, well, what am I getting paid for on this? I said, well, I'm getting paid something, but I don't really, I don't really even check on what we're getting paid for commission because it's such a small percentage of revenue for our firm that it's it's really inconsequential when it comes down to our our larger revenue picture. Yeah, it adds some value. I get paid for basically my time that it took to put that policy in place. It's not a big profit center. It's not, you know, it's probably less than 2% um, of our total revenue. So it's, but it's important to work with somebody that isn't just simply looking at, you know, putting you into a product because of the commission. You want to work with somebody that's getting you the coverage and the investment product or the, the insurance product that is the right one for your situation. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. What about some of the non-traditional long-term care things out there? We've talked a lot about just long-term care insurance from a traditional standpoint. Are there alternatives, and is that something that you would suggest? Yeah, there there are some really good alternatives out there. Um, there's a couple that, that I really like, and I'm not, mention, I'm not mentioning any companies. If you want to know who the company is, send me an email, mark at efsforyou.com. And I'll send you the company information. I just don't like to promote oh, right. particular understand. insurance companies on this show um, because, again, I'm I'm usually investment agnostic, um, yeah. product agnostic. It's whatever works and whatever fits. Um, but yeah, there's the the long term care insurance marketplace. A number of years ago, used to be um, <clears throat> if you were um, a man or if you were a woman. Um, your rates were exactly the same. So it, what was it was what was called um, what is that term? Not gender neutral. I'm just it's uh, unisex, unisex rates. Okay, sure. Yeah, unisex rates. So it didn't matter. Well, then the insurance company's like, well, wait a minute here. You know, and if any of you have been into a long-term care facility, you, you know that the majority of people in it are women. So they said, well, wait a minute here. We need to reprice the insurance because women end up claiming more than men do. Um, and so there's one type of insurance because usually men pay more than what women do for life insurance because of mortality. Mm -hmm. But on long-term care, women pay more because they're more likely to end up in a long-term care facility. 
So that's the first thing that happened in the industry. Um, and then, um, well, also, if you could breathe and fog a mirror, you know, 25 years ago, you could get long-term care insurance. <laughs> it was two pages. You know, there's two pages and three questions. Oh, wow. That's, that's what a long-term care insurance application looked like um, in the 90s. Well, today, getting long-term care insurance is more difficult than getting life insurance. And the reason is, is because the amount of money that potentially could be paid out is hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they don't want to insure somebody who's got one foot in the nursing home. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that will exclude you from coverage. And so if you're, you're considering it, don't wait. Um, because if you slip and, you know, sprain a knee, um, you know, or need, need surgery or break something, you're going to be on a waiting list for a year. If you come down with cancer, you're going to, it's, it's three to five years before you can apply again. So there's a lot of things that can exclude you from that. Um, but back to your question. So um, then what the insurance companies did is they, they used to have lifetime benefits. Well, they eliminated, you know, for traditional long-term care, they eliminated lifetime benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a couple hybrid products um, that I like that are life insurance with what's called a long-term care rider attached to it. Typically, those those are done with a single premium, um, not all the time, but usually, you know, it's a single premium of fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars put into something that will offer, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and its lifetime benefits, uh, and it's the only way that you can get um, a lifetime benefit. I mean, you can get. Decent traditional long-term care insurance that will extend for six, seven years. Um, but, you know, cost to benefit, I still think that some of the hybrid uh, offerings offer a better um, a better solution uh, if you have lump sum cash and that type of thing that, that, you know, is what I would term as never money. You know, you're never going to use it. It's really your, it's really your long-term care money. And if you look at, hey, I could leave it here, but if I put it into this hybrid product, um, you know, it's going to pay X amount for long-term care. And if I die, there's a death benefit. So you do get your money or some of your money back. Some cases more than what you put in, you get back. Uh, So, yeah, there's lots of different solutions. You know, there's probably about four different um, types of solutions, four or five different types of solutions out there. So, our job is not to say, well, hey, here's my favorite. Here's what you should purchase. My job is to say, here are the solutions. Here's how each one of them works. I like this one in your situation, and this is why. Or this one would work, too, in your situation. What do you think? And that's true of every type of planning that we do, whether it's, whether it's retirement income planning, whether it's estate planning. Um, it's, it's all about, hey, here's, here's what some of the solutions are that might be beneficial to you. Um, and let's, let me help you decide and give you those examples, you know, of 30 years of experience. Here's what I've seen that's worked well and why it's worked well. Um, yeah. Well, and that's, that's something, I mean, it's certainly evolved over the years as you, as you just described. I mean, it's, it's really changed a lot. Yeah, it has, you know, and, um, yeah, it's one of those things nobody wants to talk about, but the majority of us, unfortunately, are looking at some type of 
you know, care at some point in the future, whether it's six months or six years, you know, there's really no way to know, you know, which one of us is going to be one out of 10. And that's the statistic. One out of 10 will be more than five years in a long-term wow. care facility. Wow. That's all that, I mean, so that, I'll end it with that depressing note today. <laughs> um, well, but the, but the good news is they can give you a call or, or send you an email, come on in, sit down with you and, and map this whole thing out. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mark with a C at EFS for you.com. Go to our website. Um, check us out. Uh, call us at the office. Um, and we'll have a conversation, you know, and no matter where you are in the country, you know, we're licensed in, I don't know, like 30 some different states. So we can visit and have that discussion no matter where you are in today's amazing technological world, right? Sure. Sure. So again, long-term care, that's, I mean, again, you're right. It's its sort of the, the topic that nobody wants to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. Really, you laid it out very nicely, Mark, and I, I think that's important for folks to hear. Yeah. And uh, all right, well, I think that's a wrap. Unless you've got anything you want to add, Steve. But... No, sir. I think we covered it well. All right. Well, have, have, a, have a good whatever you guys are doing. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651 or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.